Thanks for joining us for another God-inspired message from C3 Church Monash. Connect with us online at c3monash.org.au and we hope you enjoy today's message. Well, Happy New Year, everyone. It's so great that you're here in church. Why don't you high-five the person next to you as you take your seat. Tell them Happy New Year's. Thank you, worship team. You guys did an incredible job. I was like shaking at one point in worship just because the presence of God is so strong and powerful. And, uh, you know, we can, you can feel that every week here in this place. So great that you have chosen to prioritize church on the first Sunday uh, of the year. I do not underestimate the power of that statement that you are making to yourself, to your family and friends, to your God, that you are here to prioritize church and His kingdom this year. I think it's an amazing thing. Who is ready and expectant for a great year in church? I personally am. I'm believing that uh, God is going to perform some miracles in your life this year. I believe that God is going to bring through some breakthroughs to people in this church this year. God's going to heal some people. You know, God's going to set some people free. He's going to uh, encounter us and grow us. He's going to challenge us this year as we get into the Word of God. And, and it's just such a great privilege. And I, don't, I never take it for granted the privilege and honor it is to stand up here and to preach this Word to you as the church. And on behalf of the pulpit team as we begin this year, I just want to thank you, you the church, every, every one of you, just for entrusting us with your time at this point in the service to minister to you out of the Word of God, what we are feeling that God is wanting to say to you as an individual and us as a church. So thank you for that. And uh, we just ask that you'll be engaged in this moment. Church is never something to come and observe but it's something to get involved in and to get a part of. So, so this year you have permission to get involved in the messages, in the worship, in serving, in all these different areas because you'll only get out what you put in. Amen? Fantastic. Let's pray as we come around the Word this morning. Heavenly Father, we thank You for the power of the Bible. We thank You, Lord, that it is as relevant today as it was back then when it was written by all those people that were inspired by you. So Lord, I thank you that we can start to apply this afresh this year. Lord God, help us to understand it. Help us to get revelation out of it. God, not just so we would grow in knowledge, but so we would grow in relationship with you. So God, as we come around the word here today, God, I pray that you'll just speak to every single person here through your Holy Spirit. God, may there be less of me and just more of you in this message, God. So I thank you that you'll speak to every person in your mighty name through your word today. Amen. Amen. Thank you, God. Thanks, Ange. You can be seated. Well, we're beginning uh, this year with a new theme on rest and refresh. And I think it's so important at the start of every year that we rest and refresh. Because who would agree with me that most years always end in chaos? Just busy and stressful, <laughs> amen, demanding, there's deadlines to meet. And, and I don't mind, Canon. I mean, I don't even have children yet. So hats off to you that have children. Uh, I'm just trying to organize myself at the end of the year. And even that is challenging enough. Just demands of finishing up work, um, buying everyone Christmas presents. Not so much even just are thinking of an idea to buy someone a present, but I mean, do they already have 10 of those things? That's the challenge that I have. It's stressful. Uh, putting up the Christmas tree and the decorations, uh, finding time to catch up with family and friends, all these demands hit us at the end of the year. And, and so as we start a new year afresh, 
and dare I use the word, uh, ease back into the new year. Let's set it up so it's as sustainable and enjoyable as it can possibly be. Who likes to write down your goals for the year or maybe some like things you're aiming to do? Same, yep, up the back. Um, Emily and I did ours uh, a week or so ago together because we're getting married soon. It is going to be awesome. It's going to be a big year for us. And um, yeah, we wrote some things because we love to just uh, you know, see what we're working towards. And you know, not that we hold it so tight, but, but just we want to make sure we're moving in some directions we're feeling we want to achieve. But we also then sat down and worked out um, our fortnightly kind of timetable. And we realized so quickly that it's already, it just fills up so fast. It's already so full. And we realized how important it was to plan to do nothing and plan to rest. So your to-do list is important, but so is your not-to-do list. Because if we don't plan to rest and to do nothing, it so easily gets filled up and life can just so quickly get chaotic. So God actually knew this from the beginning of time. That as people, we are so quick to just fill up our calendars. He didn't just you know, think that this would be a problem in, in 2018. He knew from the beginning of time that every single person throughout history is going to ch- be challenged with resting and refreshing. So let's go to Exodus chapter 20, because we're going to see how God even made it a commandment to rest and refresh. Exodus chapter 20, verses 8 to 10. This is where Moses was given the Ten Commandments from God. And this is commandment number four. God said, Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son or daughter, nor your male or female servants. Isn't that the same as sons and daughters? I don't know nor your animals, nor any foreigner residing in your towns. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them. But he rested on the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and he made it holy. Isn't that powerful? How amongst the commandments of you shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal. In amongst all of those commandments, there is a commandment that God says you must rest and refresh. That's how important it is. But what I think is really interesting is that how eight of the Ten Commandments start with you shall not, you shall not. But this commandment starts with the word remember. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Why remember? Because God knows that we can forget about it so easily. God knows that we're so quick to fill up our lives that that we can forget then to take one of those days and dedicate it to God. You know, God has given us seven days a week and all he asks is just one day specifically that you'll realign yourself with me, that you'll rest and refresh. And he didn't just give us this commandment so that he didn't give it so that he would restrict us. It's the opposite. God gave us the commandments to bless us. Things like this commandment, so it protects us from things like burnout and stress and anxiety and and pressure. It it helps us keep God at the center. One day a week is the Sabbath. You are to realign yourself with me, stay in touch with me. It helps us to enjoy life, hobbies, uh, health, 
our relationships, to have fun and just to enjoy this amazing creation that God has made. And what I love about God is that he didn't just say it, he exampled it. So can we go to Genesis chapter 2, verses 1 to 3? So here God has just finished creating the heavens and the earth in six days. It says, Thus the heavens and the earth were completed in all their vast array. By the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. That word rested translates to the word he stopped. He just stopped. Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. So even God himself, who does not grow tired or weary, that's what Isaiah 40, 28 says, showed us, he exampled to us, the importance of stopping and resting. He showed us that even if we stop and rest one day a week, the world will keep on turning. So how amazing that is that, that even God himself on the seventh day just stood back and just admired his creation, and the world kept spinning. Life kept going on. Everything kept happening, because that's how God created it, to still function. How much more so can we trust God that even if we stop for one day a week in our own lives, our lives will keep spinning and being okay? Easy to preach, but I know it's hard to live out. Because if you're anything like me, you can probably relate to the struggle it is to maintain this lifestyle of resting and refreshing, particularly when you want to serve God with all of your heart. I think that's one of the biggest challenges we can face as Christians. Because I think when it comes to serving God, we have to be so careful that we don't forget what it's all about. And this is a big like, turning point in my message, so, so please don't miss this. Because serving God is meant to be enjoyable. Serving God is to be rewarding. Serving God should bring you closer to Him. Serving God should bring you rest and refreshment to your soul. God doesn't want serving Him to be a burden. It's not meant to be something that drains you. It's something that we're to look forward to, that we're passionate and that we love to do. And for the remainder of my time here today, I want to preach into the importance of serving with the right focus. So the importance of serving with the right focus. Because if you serve God with the wrong focus, it will drain you. But if you serve God with the right focus, it will refresh you. And I want to speak into this because as a church, we just think it's so valuable and we really encourage you to get involved and to serve. We believe that it's one of the best ways that will grow your own personal relationship with God. It's one of the best ways that you can be involved in building the kingdom. It's one of the best ways that you'll find your purpose. It's one of the best ways that, that you'll make friends and, and get connected to this church. But, but it's so important that we do it with the right focus. So let me preach into this today. If you have your Bibles, come with me to Luke chapter 10, verses 38 to 42. 38 to 42. So at the home of Mary and Martha, it says, As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. 
She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. So here in this passage, Martha is running around doing like a million things at once because she wants everything to be perfect for Jesus. And she gets to this point where, where even though she's so honored Jesus is in her house, she looks over and she sees Jesus and Mary sitting down and Jesus is telling jokes and they're laughing and they're connecting. And so she goes over there because she, she's been distracted by all these things and she's overwhelmed and she complains to Jesus. And Jesus, he, he rebukes her and says, Martha, Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. And the passage ends there. And, and I could go on now to preach about how Mary was so amazing. She was never distracted by anything. You know, Martha's just messed up, and we should all just be more like Mary and, and less like Martha, because Martha has all these issues, and, and Mary, Mary just gets it. But, but hang on a second, because I don't think that's, that's necessarily the whole point of that passage. I think there's something a bit deeper in this passage that we need to consider. I, I, I think that Jesus wasn't rebuking Martha because she was serving. He was rebuking Martha because of the attitude she had while serving. Because Martha had lost her focus on why she was doing it. See, Martha in my opinion, was doing an amazing thing. And we often give Martha such a hard time, don't we? We always, we always give Martha a hard time. But let's stop for a moment because I'm going to give Martha some credit. It was, hello, it was Martha who opened her home. Do you remember the scripture where it said, where a woman named Martha opened her home to him? So it was Martha's mortgage. Martha was paying the bills. Martha was the very one who gave Jesus the invitation to be with them. Without Martha, Mary wasn't sitting down with Jesus. Without Martha, lunch wasn't being made. Without Martha, lunch wasn't being served on clean plates. The passage said that the preparations they had to be made. Do you know that for you to come to church today and this year, there are preparations that had to be made. And I just want to take a moment and just thank all the Marthas in this church that helped to open up this place so that the Marys can come in and encounter Jesus. Because I'm saying that without the tithers, the bills can't be paid. Without the creative team, we don't get to worship in this atmosphere. Without the cafe team, we don't get the caffeine fix to enjoy our conversations. Without the connect group leaders, we don't have homes to go to and build relationships and friendships and, 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 and you know, get prayer in times of need. Without the C3 Cares team, we can't provide free meals to our community. 
Without the kids' church team, we don't get some peace and quiet to focus on what God wants to say to us this morning. Without the prayer team fighting back demons and strongholds, who knows what other challenges we would have to face throughout the year. There are just so many Marthas in this church just serving behind the scenes. I guess what I'm trying to say is that for every moment you get with Jesus, it's because of a sacrifice made by a Martha. And so can we just clap in appreciation for all the Marthas that are in the house here today? Because Marthas are important. Marthas are needed. God loves and has gifted Marthas. God is not trying to make Marthas into Marys. That's not the point of this passage. Trust me, and as people, we all want Marthas. I'll prove it to you. Uh, Put your hand up if you're like a businessman, businesswoman, uh, you're a manager at work, you oversee a team of some kind. Hands up if that's you. I'm going to ask you a question. If you were hiring someone for your business or for your team, and you had two options, to hire Martha or to hire Mary, who's hiring Mary? Who's hiring Martha? I'm hiring Martha to work for my business. If, if you went out for dinner with your family, who wants to be served by Lazy Mary? Who wants to be served by Martha? Martha's running around doing everything. She's going to get the job done. If you're having a party and you can invite one more person and you're deciding whether to invite Martha or Mary, who's inviting Mary? Jenna. Who's inviting Martha? I'm inviting Martha because I want someone who's going to help me to prepare things and to clean up. And I think the reality is, <laughs> maybe I'm just lazy, but I think we, we, all, we all want Marthas in our life. And that's why it's just it's so easy for us as people to get trapped in overworking, overcommitting, People pleasing, all these things, because, because we all we, we love Marthas. But Jesus shows us, and this is where he challenges us in this scripture, that at the end of the day, if you're too busy to come and enjoy me, then you've missed the whole point. You've lost your focus, Martha. If you're so busy and you can't even stop and pray to me, if you're so busy and you can't even stop and read my word, and just just hang out with me. If you're so busy and you can't even get to church to worship me and to honor the Sabbath, then, then you've missed the whole point, Martha. Your life's too busy. Jesus is saying, I want relationship, Martha, not religion. I want your heart, Martha, not just the works of your hands, Martha. I want connection, not your casserole, Martha. Has anyone read or maybe you've done the online free quiz on the five love languages? Does everyone know? I'm going to grab this book. There's an incredible book um, and an online test you can do um, that reveals to you about your love languages. So this man, Gary Chapman, he, he, he has this idea where, where we all have our own individual love languages. And there's over 11 million copies sold. And he says that your love languages can be um, categorized into five main areas. So that's physical touch, gifts, words of affirmation, acts of service, and quality time. 
So they're the five main love languages that you will have. And the idea is that as people, we need to be aware of what our love language is. And it's a book that, that started off being, it was written for, for dating, because the idea is that when you're dating someone, they might have a different love language than you. And you might be, for example, buying them gifts, gifts and gifts and gifts to impress them because you're a gifts person. But if they're not a gifts person, if they're an acts of service person, you can be doing all this stuff showing them love in a way that they don't need or want. And so one of the best things that Emily and I did when we started dating was we did the online quiz. It took five minutes and it told us what our love languages were. And I hit the jackpot because we have the exact same love languages. So it just it was so easy or easier to make sure that we knew what, what we could do to each other to make each other feel loved. So we're both quality time and physical touch people. And so when we're married, I'm sure our love language will change from quality time and physical touch to quality time and physical touch. It's going to be great. <laughs> it's going to remain physical touch, I hope. But I hit the jackpot because, like, if M was acts of service and gifts, I would be so annoyed. Because if I had to do things to make her feel loved, that would just be so draining. But, but the, the point is that it's important that we know what each other's love language is. And I bring it up as a silly example. Because I think that as Christians... So often we're trying to show love to Jesus in a way that he's not asking for it. Think about that. How often are we trying to impress Jesus or love Jesus in a way that, that he's never asked us to love him? And I think from this passage of Scripture, I'm looking at it thinking, it sounds to me, and maybe this can be a lunchtime debate you can have with your family and friends, but I feel like Jesus' biggest love language is quality time because he's a relational God. He's not a religious God. And so here is Martha, and she's just showing acts of service, acts of service, acts of service. But she's lost her focus on what's important, which is spending quality time with Jesus. And here's Mary She's showing quality time. And Jesus responds by saying, Mary has chosen what is better. Now, don't get me wrong. Jesus is all of the love languages. I'll prove it to you. Jesus is physical touch. In Matthew 8 verse 3, Jesus is like, I'll even stretch out my hands and touch a leper to heal him. I'm not afraid of touching people to bless them and to heal him. Jesus is a gifts person. Romans 6.23, For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Jesus Christ was the greatest gift that we could ever receive. He gave his life as a gift so that we could receive the gift of eternal life. I think we should one day do a theme on the gift. And we should do it around Christmas time and preach about how Jesus was the greatest gift of all time. And we should put presents on the stage and, and talk about the gift. I think that'd be awesome. That was last month's theme, if you didn't, didn't remember. Words of affirmation. Jesus had no problem giving words of affirmation. John 15 verse 9, as an example. He said, As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. And remain, remain in my love. 
Jesus is quality time. Like this scripture we read today, it shows that Jesus was always just hanging out with people. Didn't matter who you were, what you've done, whether you're a tax collector, a prostitute, a disciple who were just average people, Jesus was into hanging out quality time and acts of service. Mark 10, 10.45 says, For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. So Jesus, he served people all the time. He even uh, washed the feet, the dirty feet of his disciples in an act of service. Jesus was all about, about serving. And so Jesus, like I was saying earlier, the passage, he was never telling Martha that she shouldn't serve. He was just correcting her because she had lost her focus and what it was all about. And this is what my message is all about and what I want to speak into and encourage you with today. I want to encourage all of us who are running around serving like Martha to remember what's truly important, that we're doing it out of a relationship with Jesus, not because we're trying to impress Jesus. And as we get into this month of rest and refresh, what a great thing to remember if you're a Martha person. It's not just oh, another year of serving church, just, just tirelessly, just you know, running out of steam. No, remember, honor the Sabbath, rest and refresh. You're doing it out of a love for a relationship with Jesus, not because you're trying to impress Jesus. Create the time if you're a busy person that serves a lot to make sure you're sitting at the feet of Jesus, remembering what it's all about. Because I want to show you now what happens when we do it with the right focus. And I want to finish on this scripture. I'm going to grab the keys. Thanks, Angie. Come and join me. So help create that environment, that atmosphere where I hope God's really going to speak to you. John chapter 12, verses 1 to 3. And so this is after Jesus had he just raised Mary and Martha's brother Lazarus from the dead in John chapter 11. And here in chapter 12, verse 1, it says, Six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany, where Lazarus lived, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. Here a dinner was given in Jesus' honour. So once again, they're all in the house. And I love what it says. It just says, Martha served. So she's still serving. Jesus didn't tell her not to serve. She was still serving but now with a new attitude. While Lazarus was among those reclining at the table with him, then Mary, here's Mary again, took about a pint of pure nard, an expensive perfume. And I love this because the scene's different now. Martha's not coming and interrupting. Martha's not coming and complaining. Martha's simply now just serving behind the scenes with the right focus that this is about Jesus. The dinner is in Jesus' honour. That's what it was for. And so then Mary was able to pour out. She poured it on Jesus' feet and she wiped his feet with her hair. So now Mary's serving as well, serving Jesus, anointing him. And I love it. It says, And the house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. So isn't this amazing now how it changes? Martha is serving now with a good attitude, with the right focus. And the smell of her cooking, the aroma, is probably filling the whole house. And now here's Mary, now able to pour out the expensive perfume, 
on Jesus' feet in worship because she's uninterrupted and she's allowed to do it. And this is what I love. Martha's aroma of service was then turned into an aroma of worship because it filled the whole house. Everyone benefited from Jesus being worshipped. So when you serve God with the right focus, seeing other people encounter Jesus will refresh you because you remember what it's all about. And so as a church this year, I felt God wanted to bring me a reminder for all the Marthas out there who are serving just so hard to remember what it's all about. Because when you remember why you do it, seeing someone else come in and encounter Jesus will just refresh you. It'll fill you up. And, and you'll get to share in that, in that worship, in that amazing atmosphere of salvation and people's lives changing. It's just an incredible thing. So I want to pray over every single one of you here today. Can you close our eyes? Heavenly Father, I thank you for this time we've had together in your word. God, I pray over the point of this, this passage that we've drawn out today, how, how God, even if we might be like Martha and we might be serving a lot, I pray that you help us to remember what our focus is, that our focus is on you, Jesus. I pray that you help us to create time to rest and refresh in your presence, just like Mary was so good at doing. I pray that you help the Marthas to be more like Mary. And I pray you help the Marys to be more like Marthas. Because when we serve in unity together, God, you command a blessing and your whole house will be filled with the aroma of worship. Thank you, Jesus. I pray you'll seal this word in the hearts of every single people in this place here today. Amen. And I, I want to ask if you can keep your eyes closed, heads bowed. You might have come into this place and you might be thinking, why do people do this? Why do people come to church and serve? Why do, why do they put in so much effort with worship? And, and why is there a message? And why are people meeting me at the door being friendly? And why is there coffee at the back? And why are people looking after my kids? And why are there this team and that team? And why do people care so much when they serve? The reason is because we want you to experience what we've experienced. And that's the salvation of our God. And I want to give you an opportunity in this place here today. If you've never encountered Jesus, if you've never made a decision to start a relationship with Him, I want to ask you right now, when I count to three, to raise your hand because I want to pray for you. I want to lead you in a prayer that will connect you with the God of heaven, the God that loves you. You can't get to God through serving. You can only get to God through Jesus Christ because Jesus Christ, He died on the cross for your sin so that you didn't have to receive the punishment. He died so that you could receive eternal life. And so if that's you, if you want to start a relationship with God or start afresh in this new year, our relationship with God, I want to ask you to raise your hands on the count of three. One, two, three. Who is there in this place? Put your hand up right now if that's you. If you feel like God is speaking to you, if you want to start a relationship with God, Thank you, Jesus. Holy Spirit, speak to every single one of us today. I'm just going to wait a couple more seconds. If that's you, be bold, be brave. This is the greatest thing you can ever do in your life.
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Heavenly Father, I pray over every single person. May you bless us in this new season, in this new year. May you help us to rest and refresh, just to keep you at the center of our lives, to honor the Sabbath, Lord God, to keep it holy, and just to worship you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Thanks for listening to today's message. If you have any prayer needs, email prayer at c3monash.org.au or connect with us online.